0: Hello and welcome. This is the Anything But Quiet Time podcast. Uh, We are Rochelle and Carter. Weekly going through what we go through spiritually. And you can catch up on all the episodes at hopeondemand.com or wherever you get your podcast. Maybe that's how you found this. You stumbled upon Apple or something. And
1: we've got a new email address. So if you have a question or a comment, we'd love to hear from you.
0: Anything at... At hopeondemand.com. Email us right there and we'd love to be able to respond and just make this a conversation.
1: Yeah. And speaking of conversation, before we get into it today, can I just start with some prayer? Okay, sure. Cause I know that people are going to be listening um from different places. And I just I'm just wanting to make sure that what we share today on this podcast is received in the spirit. It's meant to be received mm. with just love. Um so heavenly father, thank you so much for the opportunity to have a podcast in the first place, to have this sweet friend of ours that's listening right now, giving us a chance and listening. And, and we're gonna be discussing some pretty heavy topics as you know, Father, would you go before us? I know you're already there. I love that lyric from the Casting Crown song, you're already there before us. Um, and I, I pray God that what we share today would be led by your truth and by your love, that we would have grace for one another, that if something harder I say triggers, thoughts or feelings and anyone who might be listening to what we're sharing that they would hang in there with us and be able to cover us with grace and take it in the way that we are praying that they're taking and receiving it in love in jesus name we pray amen
0: amen well with what's going on yeah, We uh, wanted to chat about the uh, Roe versus Wade, pro-life, pro-choice. Uh, it was last week's episode. We had really just found out like an hour before we recorded last week's episode. So it wanted to gather our thoughts a bit um, and maybe let the, the dust settle a little. Uh, because we get that you might be listening to this, that anybody can stumble upon this, and you might feel different ways, different than... Churches different from your neighbor, different from your family mm-hmm. and understanding that there's a lot of nuance with this. Yeah. And so we want to go over today. Okay, what does the Bible say about it? Yeah. How do we handle conversations about it? Mm-hmm. Uh, talking about different perspectives, you know, maybe you've been through it and there's regret Maybe you've been through it and and you're okay with it. Uh, maybe you are um, just in general okay with it. And just because of somebody that you know, maybe you're a timid Christian uh, or a man. I, I want to speak to that perspective and go, can, is it okay to say anything on this issue? Uh, and then obviously the forgiveness aspect that is there in mm-hmm. all of it.
1: Yeah, I think uh, just right off the bat, if I could reference a dear friend of mine that I knew in college we were having a conversation about abortion and it took place well after living and growing up in a home that was pro-life. And uh, many would probably say, Rochelle, your childhood, you lived in a church Christian bubble. Mm -hmm. My dad was a Mm -hmm. pastor and my mom was his administrative assistant. And so for years, we as an entire family, that was our ministry as a family and loving on the children in our church because we were kids pastors. And Yeah, there's somewhat of a bubble experience, but my dad never wanted me to feel sheltered. And we would have open conversations about what is abortion? Why would a woman decide to do this if she did? And so when I was talking with my friend and I found out in college, now that I'm outside of my bubble and I'm kind of exploring conversation amongst people who have different faiths and different choices, uh, she shared with me, you know, I had an abortion. And it it shocked me because I thought, oh my goodness, I love this woman. She was so sweet, so smart. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's not passed away, so she's probably still is. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I, I remember her sharing that with me and she shared this perspective that I've never had that she was not at all in love with this child inside her. She did not view it as a child. She felt that it was almost like a parasite, like it was uh, a parasite hmm. feeding off of her life. She had also... And never talked about the rape, but she had shared that she had been raped. I do not know if the pregnancy was a result of that or not. She did not go into detail. I did know that she was sexually active. She was not married. So she shared with me her experience. And from that day on, I really had a different perspective as um, people who have differing opinions than maybe you or I have does not mean they are monstrous. And that means if you are pro-choice and you're listening right now, I hope that you do not look at a pro-life person as monstrous. This is a person that has a different perspective, uh, has read from the Bible and gleaned from the Bible a different perspective than you have. And we have to be patient with one another. And especially in those moments as in Ephesians, Paul shares with us, when we share things, it is always to be truth and love. These are the the guardrails, if you will and keeping my speech and my conversation between the guardrails of truth and love. It's very important not to have one without the other per se. Because if it's only quote in love, depending on your definition, that means it's too syrupy and I'm sugarcoating things that might, yeah should not be sugarcoated. Mm-hmm. So I also need to be speaking truth, but if if it's a severe version of truth, then it could immediately cut people off at the coals and they never want to engage in conversation with you again. So if I put those two as the guardrails and I think you and I had um, just a, a casual conversation one day and you were telling me about an experience where you were so turned off by somebody's way that they approached you in regards to something that you didn't agree with, and you instantly shut down, you were like, mm. yeah,
0: I, really, it's just kind of what motivates me And if somebody yells uh, or says uh, you know, more so kind of from an angry point of view, I'm never going to be motivated by somebody being angry with me. Right. No, unless I know I messed up or something, but um, generally it's, uh, it's, it's other emotions that would, you know, you, you motivate me with, with love yeah. uh, or with um, uh, maybe being blunt, but, but serving a purpose because you're trying to help. And when somebody just comes at you yeah. w- with, with anger, it, it just doesn't motivate. And yeah. so I think what's, what's hard is, because, you know, you're about different perspectives and different points of view and, you know, there's, we certainly need to listen to each other, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to sit here and especially on like this podcast, mm-hmm. there are topics where it's like, yeah, yeah, I, I, I get that. But I'm, I'm not going to sit here and go, every point of view is valid. Mm. Every experience is valid. Yeah. We we have to recognize your friend went through what she went through. Absolutely. But and, and of course, I'm I'm talking biblically. Yes. Like I also have to respect the fact that if uh, people aren't Christians and they right. and then they think that uh, abortion is okay, mm-hmm. well, uh, why why wouldn't you from your world perspective from mm-hmm. your worldview? It's like okay, but I think what I definitely want to be passionate about in the guardrails of truth and love mm-hmm. is that abortion is wrong mm-hmm. biblically. Yes. And so if you're identifying with Christ, um, you, you want to be in, in that camp or at least start to see things that way. And I think why it's hard right now because of, of what you just brought up with how the church maybe has been uh, vocal in an angry way about it Yes, uh, at times um, is exactly what my friend shared. And he, he talked about how it's weird that we're not celebrating it more.
1: The the overturn of Roe v. Wade. The
0: overturn of Roe v. Wade. Because he said, I'm a kid, he's probably getting, he's 45, maybe 50. And he said, I grew up and it was the biggest issue there Mm -hmm. was. And I never thought Roe v. Wade was going to be overturned. And then it has. You're
1: talking about in the church, it
0: was the biggest issue discussed? That's that's what he said. Okay. That's what he said. And and he said, now that it has Mm -hmm. been overturned, it's like everybody's silent about it. Mm -hmm. And he says, and he works in Christian radio. And so he was talking about churches and Christian radio. And he said, it's just really weird. Why are we doing that? And I think because there's a lot of people that are adamantly Mm pro-life, but have recognized the hurt of yelling at people Mm
1: -hmm.
0: or rubbing it in somebody's face. And we don't want to go there. So perhaps we are erring too much on the side of silence. Mm -hmm. I think it is something to be celebrated. Yeah. But it shouldn't be nana nana boo boo. Yeah. (laughs) You know, making fun, making the faces at people. And and it's, because what I told him is this, Roe v. Wade is actually not the biggest issue. The gospel is the biggest issue. And what should be done is recognizing that we have to start with Jesus Mm -hmm. and then people can change their minds about Roe v. Wade Mm -hmm. because it, okay, I I got this law passed and you didn't, ha ha. Well, guess what? This life is finite anyway. And don't, I want that person to be in heaven with me. Mm. It should be from a place of compassion for many different places. It should start with me wanting them to have a relationship with Jesus. And then we'll talk about the issues.
1: I think that Jesus's uh, request of his disciples to follow him, they were not instantly changed. It was a process Mm. So they, they left their fishing nets or they left the tax collector's booth to follow Jesus. And as they walked with him, they soon realized, oh, he's not going to be this general that we thought he was going to be military-wise mm-hmm. taking over the Roman Empire. This is going to be a different kind of Messiah. And even, I think they held out hope <laughs> well into their ministry years together. Mm-hmm. There were three of them that we can assess. Um, the... If that makes sense, we don't. It could have been longer. It could have been shorter. We're guessing the, theology says maybe three years of ministry. Then in that time frame, I think they were still holding out hope that Jesus was going to like just psh, take over Roman Empire, mm-hmm. and it did not end that way. It ended in His servant act to serve mankind where they did not deserve service. You know, they we deserve death, and Jesus died for us in our place. That is the gospel message. And so I want my identity. I want to identify with Christ. Therefore, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Mm. Maybe you've heard that scripture verse. And so if I am truly crucifying myself with Christ and I am taking on the role of servant, this is where Carter and I are talking about how how is abortion not a biblical thing? Because there's many people who have lifted scriptures from the Bible and said, no, do you see here? it is okay in God's sight to have an abortion. From the beginning, God's desire was obedience and partnership with his children. We see over and over again throughout scripture, tremendous acts of um, where we think, oh, this is, what, this is what we're supposed to do and they act of their own volition and it's the opposite of what God wants. Mm. We see the prophet Jeremiah weeping when people in, in Israel and in Judah are sacrificing their children mm-hmm. to different gods because they think that's the right way to go. And, and he's weeping and grieving the loss of these precious children. Jesus sets a child in the midst of the 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 communing place, the fellowship place, and says you have to be as a child in order to understand the kingdom of heaven. He acknowledges the importance of his babies, that anyone um, who would come against one of these young ones, it would better be that a millstone tied around their neck and thrown into the water. As that's pretty harsh, mm-hmm. but he's trying to paint a picture for us that they are important, they are of value, they're not just ankle biters, you know. <laughs> and he was always looking out for the widow and for the orphan. We see that over and over again. So I think we also have to go back to, if you, if you see these obvious things in scripture, what leads a person to think that possibly God is a pro-choice God? And perhaps it's, maybe you don't think it's a child inside. Maybe, maybe that that's just a clump of cells, but we know that science has told us that's not accurate. right? And uh, w- the more truth we discover about it, we see that that's not accurate. We even lean on scripture, from the passage of Luke, where the mother of John the Baptist, her name is Elizabeth. John the Baptist, is soon to be the cousin of Jesus, the Messiah. And you can read about the angel visiting John the Baptist's daddy, telling him he's about to be born. And that same angel, Gabriel, coming to Mary, the mother of Jesus, telling her Jesus is gonna be born. And there's this incredible interaction. These children have not yet been born. In fact, what we're guessing John the Baptist May have been like, what, in utero, six months. That's
0: what people think. It just, you know, you match up the the timing of different things that we read about. And so it's there in Luke 1 mm-hmm. at verse 41, at the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her. Mm-hmm. Different translation says baby leaped within her. Mm-hmm. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. But
1: establishing child or baby
0: mm-hmm.
1: is important. Um, And some might say, well, that's old fashioned because they didn't really know what they were looking at. And I understand where that kind of logic or thinking comes from, but here's what's really incredible. The John the Baptist inside of his mother responded Mm. because Mary is carrying the son of God in utero, maybe three weeks along, maybe three weeks along. And, that little one inside Elizabeth leaps Mm -hmm. because the presence of the son of God has just walked into the room. And I think we can derive from this this account that's been given to us by a Gentile, by the way, somebody who took a chance on Jesus because he didn't grow up Jewish, didn't really know about what what Messiah. And Luke, this doctor who's very analytical, if you've ever been around doctors my husband's a nurse he can tell you they are very straightforward everything's black and white he's an analytical guy he's getting statements he finds out this happens he writes about it it's important and as a doctor knowing about children that's interesting too isn't it in being you know pregnant and such um I'm guessing that I don't know if he was a pediatrician but I think pretty much the doctors back then they covered all all
0: trades all <laughs> yeah. trades
1: jack of all trades But I I hope it's kind of clear in these different references that it really is life inside of a woman from three weeks to six months, certainly right up to delivery. And that God's positioning through the words of Jesus is to love one another, to serve one another. It's what he did for us. He did it. He exemplified that so that I could follow his example that this life inside of me, everybody's very concerned about their right to their right, which I understand because selfishly we we go there. And selfish is a very strong word. I understand that. And I'm not meaning for you to get defensive if you're listening and that's where you're going. If these words are triggering, I, I don't want you to feel triggered. But I know in my own life, I feel that I've felt that way. I've felt defensive when somebody brings up truth in front of me and they're doing it in a loving way. Oh, we got to share the story that we 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 heard about Bradley Cooper.
0: So Bradley Cooper was, uh, you may know him from a lot of things. Um, he was dealing at the time with substance abuse, early 2000s. Mm-hmm. And he's friends and neighbors with Will Arnett. Uh, you've probably seen him in a few things, maybe not as many things as Bradley Cooper. Um, funny but guy though. Funny, funny guy. And uh, they're hanging out and, uh, you know, Friday, Saturday night, party, whatever. And uh, the next day, you know, Bradley Cooper has a time of his life They hang out the next day. And um, Will says, hey, Bradley, how do you think last night went? And Bradley was like, man, great. I was, I was killing it. I was telling so many funny jokes. I was being funny. I was the life of the party. And he said, yeah, you were kind of a jerk. Mm -hmm. You were obnoxious. You were, and, and you have a problem. And, and that, that was when Bradley Cooper recognized he had a problem with substance abuse. Yeah. Yeah. And he said it saved his life and career mm-hmm. with that awkward, I'm I'm guessing not fun conversation mm-hmm. that happened. And we live in a world where love means telling me what I want to hear. And mm-hmm. and not only telling me what I want to hear. Going but,
1: back to that sugar-coated analogy yeah, that I had, right? Yeah. Yeah. And not,
0: not just telling me what I want to hear though, believing it, supporting mm-hmm. it, um, advocating.
1: That's love.
0: For love. my desires. It's the...
1: It's the uh, forgive me i'm trying to say that's not love love is is telling the person even at the risk of the friendship because you care so greatly for that person and sometimes friendships do get ruined but it's interesting we even had this conversation on our radio show not too long ago uh and you asked some people hey i have a friend i need to confront i love them very much i'm concerned for them have you ever been in this set of circumstances and how did it go?
0: And somebody shared, I was the person yeah. that, that they confronted and I'm so glad they did it. And that's not the reaction that people are going to get. Mm. But if your friend is going to drive off a cliff and they, they don't know that the bridge is out ahead, right? you tell them yeah. in love, even if it's going to ruin their trip even if it's going to get them to take a detour, even if it's going to annoy them, you tell them because the bridge is out. Yeah. And there's a, you know, when it comes to a couple of different issues and, and abortion being one of them, uh, people say, you know, I get to, to choose what I want to do. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and you can't tell me how to live my life. And if I say, you know, an analogy of, well, should I just let a ax murderer get to do what they want to do? I mean, this is, this is, they're right and their desires and their no cuz that has a victim. Mm-hmm. Well first of all I I think there's with abortion there's there's a victim. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but I guess what I would say is okay well then let's say a drug a, a, a person addicted to drugs. Mm-hmm. Well Bradley Cooper's the perfect example. Mm-hmm. I mean do that's them that's what they want to do that's what they're into do I just really need to say well that's that's just who they are mm-hmm. that's how they were born. That's the, the the life choice that they've decided to go with. I should accept that they're killing themselves with drugs?
1: So we have a new saying, uh, and the ideology has been around forever. And when God said, thou shalt have no other gods before me, thou mm-hmm. shalt not make graven images. When he's talking about idolatry, we generally think about golden calves and things like that. We have put ourselves... Mm. on pedestals. I have put myself on a pedestal where I've chosen what I want to do over what I believe God wants me to do. Mm. I've made that, yes, that problematic decision and it doesn't go well because it's not God's best and that's what he's, <laughs> just like when your child is about to touch the hot stove, you love your child and you don't want him to get mad and scream and cry but at the same time, if it's going to save him a burnt hand. Yeah. Yeah, I don't care, get over it. So, we have this ideology of my truth. Well, that's my truth. If we're talking about that's my perspective, then I think that's accurate. But there's only one truth. Mm. There's only one reality and we're all living in it. I heard a conversation the other day in a documentary where the guy was asking um, this woman, he said, well, what if my truth is not, is we're not having a conversation right now? She said, well, if that's your truth, then maybe we're not having a conversation. And he looked at her and he said, but I'm standing here talking to you right now. That's the reality. We're talking. She said, well, maybe it's not. Maybe I'm not talking to you. And I thought, wait, wait a second. We're so concerned about stepping on people's feelings. We're walking on eggshells. Yeah. When we could be helping people again in the guardrails of truth and love. And I want to make sure that my tone is not condemning so as to like what we were talking about earlier where, Uh, it's an immediate defensive response. I think that's what we're seeing with rallies. Women feel that they have been backed into a corner and you're not allowed to touch me without my consent. And I understand that. That feels like a violation. That sounds like rape. That's where they're taking it in their perspective. And what I have to be reminded of as a woman, wait a second, okay, so if there is a baby inside me, And it is there because of an action that I did. And I'm not ready to take responsibility. Um, I'm going to be confronted with these these different options. And if one of them is abortion, that would seem like, oh, this might be the best choice for me because then I won't have to worry about raising the child or I don't have enough money. I I, I would really beg you to take a second look. There was a, a famous actress recently who shared, you know, I was so young. I was impregnated by an older man. And I don't know the circumstances there, but it did not sound like a rape. So mm-hmm. if you're impregnated by somebody, but you you still consented to a sexual act, yeah. then I, I must then take responsibility for what took place there. It is a sad situation when a lot of men don't come alongside and say, hey, listen, I'm going to help you take responsibility. Right. So right. I understand women are afraid when they're presented with these circumstances. Cause now what do I do? But there, um, there's a problem with what the, her thinking later. She's thinking, well, I'm not ready. So she talks about it with her parents and they all decide as a family to have an abortion. Later on, she has a child and says, look, I, I would never have been in a position or in a place in my life to ever have the family that I have now, had I not had that abortion. So I, I want to look at that, first of all, with care, because this is how she feels. And feelings, I mean, God, there's a reason why God gave us feelings, but I cannot, I have to be careful. They're there to support an emotion.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and the emotion comes out because this is the way that I'm experiencing life. But then I have to check in all right, what is reality? Sure. So she's thinking, I, I would never be able to have a family, or maybe I wouldn't be a famous actress, or whatever she's thinking, if I have a child right now. But we'll never n- know. Yeah. Now she could say, well, look around you. Statistically, young unwed mothers don't go on to greatness. Young unwed mothers do this, or young unwed mothers do that. I don't. I don't know. There's a zillion different reasons why people make the choices that they do justify the choices that they do because of the pain that they're in after it. And that's what she shared the deep pain and depression that she felt after having an abortion. And she said, but you know what? I'm happy because I have my family, but she admitted to the, the depression and the sadness about it and that she still deals with the pain of it. And I thought, man, it feels almost like you're lying to yourself. It, she has a lovely family. She's a lovely daughter. Um, but I understand trying to justify. And, and, and again, if you are not a Christ following person, then you're going to come up with your own philosophy. Sure. Right. And so for many people, they're like, you know what? You don't know what you're talking about. Why should I serve this child inside of me? It owes me nothing. And you know what? It's just a glob of cells. Anyway, whatever it is that we tell ourselves. But I I believe it's pretty clear in scripture how God feels about children, how he feels about what's growing inside of us. Taking responsibility is something that we see him apply it. We talked about David last week. We see David having to take responsibility over the fact that he killed a man in order to be with um, that man's wife. Like Mm -hmm. an affair took place, then he murdered the man. just a whole situation. There's accountability that does take place in there. And so I can't ignore those types of things. For the emotion of standing next to a woman who is dealing with pain or fear or perhaps was raped. And again, that could have been what happened to my friend. I don't know. Is there a way that I can stand there with her, come alongside her, tell her, no, I think you've been lied to. You've been told this is the way out, but even the testimony of this famous actress shares that this is a painful journey. There are Christian establishments all around that are offering assistance to help with uh, the adoption of these babies and giving you a different option that encourages life. And you know that these women, so many of them are already mothers that are at these rallies, encouraging their children to pick it alongside them. And you don't... You know, there's this part of you that may think, oh, they're monsters. Well, clearly not. No, they're mothers. Mm -hmm. These are people. This is how they feel. What has led to this feeling? I don't know. What I got to get away from in my own world, not what I feel, what is reality and go back to God's word every time.
0: Yeah, and I think just on the, if they're not Christians thing, because I do want to get to, how do we handle it as Christians? Mm -hmm. How do we handle it as timid Christians? How do we handle it as men that, Oh, well, am I not allowed to have an opinion? I hear a lot of that, yeah. right? You're not allowed to have an opinion, you're a man. Uh, what What? What do we say? Um, for the non-Christian part of it, I think still we've talked about science mm-hmm. and 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 what is in the womb. And and then the golden rule is still such a universal thing that I, I guess it's one At of those- At least for Western
1: culture. So it should apply sure, to the people in our country, yeah.
0: We- I had a conversation with somebody recently where you're talking about a, a friend. It's like they get tunnel vision and they just, it's like you say something so obvious and they don't see it. And so I i guess I'm there with this issue.
1: Yeah.
0: How do aren't you thankful that your mom didn't do that to you?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I've never heard, I'm sure there's, you know, I'm sure you could look up some article somewhere, but I've never heard of a person regretting that they had the child. Mm-hmm. And I know I've... <laughs> I just, I'm going to, I'll bet on it. I've never heard of a person regretting that their mom had them. Mm-hmm. A, a, a person who's in a good place mentally and right, everything right. like that. I've never heard, man, I wish my mom wouldn't have had me. Like I've never heard that. And so I guess this golden rule thing, I just don't quite understand. <laughs> Why wouldn't you, you do unto others as you had done unto you. Yeah. And so I I think that goes there, but as as for Christians, how do we handle this? This is what I posted
1: again. If though in the argument of these women, they don't believe it's a child, and I think that's that's really key. Well, and
0: that's just science, though, and that's what that's why I cover that.
1: They disagree. Well, sure,
0: and it, so that's, but it is what it is.
1: That's the that's where we butt the head yeah. so much of the
0: time, and so it comes down to that. No, sure, but still, regardless of what it is, it's still a chance for a child to be born. Yeah. It, regardless of what you were in your your mom's belly, aren't you thankful that she didn't cut it off at any point? <laughs> uh, you're still here? So this is what I wrote the day that it, it had happened, that Robert versus Wade was overturned. A lot of hot takes today on both sides. Probably not by chance that I saw 1 Corinthians 3.18. Stop deceiving yourselves. If you think you are wise by the world's standards, then you need to become a fool to be truly wise. If you believe the Bible, then recognize we don't all have it figured out it's okay to not have all the answers. And for that, I mean all the what if questions that come up with the subject. Mm -hmm. But while my goal shouldn't be to rub it in the other side's face, it also shouldn't be the goal to have everyone comfortable with what I said, Mm -hmm. speak Mm -hmm. truth with love. I should be okay if I run it through the love filter. The motivating factor is me wanting people to know Jesus. And this is a big issue right now. And I need to speak truth. I see a lot of people, and, and to be honest with you, even a little bit of me posting this, I still didn't want to get a debate going. I still want people to like me, but I have to be okay sharing truth and people not being okay with it. Because I see a lot of people right now, my, my friends, Christian friends saying, wherever you're out on, on this issue, God loves you. Well, it's true, but I think what's happening is we want to make a post that's relevant that gets 42 hearts rather than any mad faces or debating comments.
1: Yeah. It's we don't want people to not like what we said. Media thing, isn't it now? We are all about the likes. Yeah. And it's instantaneous. It's like uh, fast food. We instantly know by show of hands, all the people that we've ever befriended on Facebook Uh huh. that we've ever known in our life. Yeah, that's true. They're going to know your thoughts, your feelings, and it's scary to be transparent. It is scary to say this is what I feel and what I believe sometimes. But here's what God says, Romans 1, God basically doesn't give people excuses. I look at uh, the far away ends of the earth type tribes that have yet to be discovered and you wonder, are these people lost or are they going to be met? By a missionary, will, will Jesus be shared with them? What will happen to them?
0: What you're about to read is the answer.
1: So I think a lot of these people, whether they call him by the name Jesus, they know that there is a creator because they've discovered it around them in nature. And it says in Romans 1, starting with verse 18, from heaven, God shows how angry he is with all the wicked and evil things that sinful people do to crush the truth. They know everything that can be known about God because God has shown it all to them. God's eternal power and character cannot be seen, but from the beginning of creation, God has shown what these are like by all he has made. That's why those people don't have any excuse. They know about him, but they don't honor him or thank him. Their thoughts are useless and their stupid minds are in the dark. They claim to be wise, but they are fools. They don't worship the glorious and eternal God. Instead, they worship idols. I'm gonna skip down. So God let these people go their own way. It says in verse 24, they did what they wanted to do and their filthy thoughts made them do shameful things with their bodies. They gave up the truth about God for a lie and they worship God's creation instead of God who will be praised forever. And this, I'm thinking of idols. I'm thinking about, I am worshiping my own, thoughts on any matter and it's not what i think it's not what my husband thinks it's not what my best friend thinks it's not what those people on facebook think it is what does god say
0: yeah i think what my friend shared who is not a christian but says he believes in god i think that fits what you just read and i'm about to read what he shared okay it's ludicrous okay um uh, The the rapper? No, not the rapper. Yes, I thought about the same thing. (laughs) Uh, All right, I'm not going to make any rapper jokes. Okay. Um, So you shared that. It's going to fit what he said. I want to say this first. We do need to be slow to speak and slow to anger. Yes. So if we're talking to you and you are celebrating Roe versus Wade being overturned, and uh, especially with the non-Christians, I think we got to be slow to speak, slow to anger. Mm. We also, though, we have a precedent of, for example, Paul, a lot of different people, would correct wrong doctrine. Mm -hmm. And so I think what I find myself passionate about, if you hear anything in me during this podcast of, uh, I I hope I don't come off negative to somebody who has had an abortion, Mm. because we're going to get to the forgiveness at the very end of this podcast. Absolutely, The grace, the forgiveness, and the fact that it is not this unforgivable sin.
1: And the fact that when we say we're going to get to the forgiveness part, I think sometimes that can also be received. Oh, because you're better than me? You're going to tell me how I can be forgiven? No, no. We
0: all need to be forgiven.
1: Romans 3, uh, that's several chapters before what I just read, is a big blinking sign. Rochelle, you are a sinner.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And
1: every day I have that mirror in front of me and I, mm. Yeah. Didn't check that box today. And just recognizing Mm -hmm. there's a lot of
0: viewpoints here. Yes. You, that was from a perspective of somebody that had an abortion that, that says, I don't need forgiveness potentially, mm. but maybe you're wrestling with it. You you can't seem to quote, forg- forgive yourself for what happened, even though you, you feel like you've moved on, but you just, it always that regret is so strong. That guilt mm-hmm. is so strong. A lot of different viewpoints in here, mm. but what I find myself most passionate about isn't belittling people, uh, or, or saying, "Well, you're cut off now. If you've had an abortion, it's over." Like I, I, want, I have so much compassion for people that have gone through this, mm. regardless of how they thought when it happened, what they think now. Even what I'm very passionate about is what we're seeing more and more of is this unabashed. This is right, mm. and even people who call themselves Christians say God says it's okay.
1: We heard a lady the other day at a rally. Um, we heard this shared on Focus on the Family. She was at a rally and she is talking in front of a group of women and claiming that, you know, the scripture from Jesus that tells us no, uh, greater love has no one than this. I believe that's found in the book of John, that a man laid down his life for his friend. And then she made some statement. Now it is time for the baby to lay down its life. Jesus is clearly talking about the willing of laying down your life for another in service to another mm-hmm. which is honestly i would take that as if i had gotten pregnant and it was not a desired pregnancy my responsibility now is to lay down my life for this little one uh, and that, whether that is literally because that's a question that also gets popped up a lot of times whether or, or is it the mother's life versus the baby's life sure Or if I'm talking about, no, I'm just going to serve in the capacity of nine months Mm -hmm. housing this little one to be born and maybe placed into the arms of loving parents who desire greatly a child.
0: Sure, sure.
1: Uh, And and there is a lot of questions in regards to the, the health of the mother. There are websites dedicated to truthfully, honestly telling us, hey, if you have a tubal pregnancy, if you have these different things that Everybody else is saying, oh, this is caused to have an abortion. There's usually procedures in place. It's not technically aborting the child.
0: There's a lot of misconceptions there.
1: And so definitely doing our research, due diligence. It's so important. We do that with, I feel like I, I man, I'm always looking on Yelp for good food. I'm looking for a, a decent price on an oil change. I need to be doing due diligence on all things. Yeah. And I'm not trying to belittle this cuz there's a lot of crying that goes into these kinds of decisions, but because we make emotional decisions. It's important that we surround ourselves with people who will also share truth and love right. and will give us informed options.
0: Well, and I don't want to get away with what you get away from what you said about the woman that said that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Cuz I just think it's it's very evil key, it's very evil yeah it's very key to see because we we could sit here uh, i'd love to have a conversation with anybody about what science says and i'll i'll listen and i'll speak and i'll that that is vile
1: what and, she said yeah and, and
0: because of you, i think you pointed it out so well you view that as a christ follower of how can i serve and she sees that and is flipping it around to still be selfish how could somebody else serve me that is a we should all look at scripture and go, how does it apply to me? In fact, we joked about this with my parents not long ago. Um, uh, And my mom was just playing around, but my dad still made a good point about it. The preacher said something uh, that was like, you should be doing this. And my mom elbows my dad. (laughs) And afterwards, my dad was like, Margaret, Margaret, I don't think the point of a sermon is to elbow somebody else. <laughs> I think you need to take it to yourself. <laughs> but it's it's true. When we, we all read, do that too. We, and it's so funny on that, you know, <laughs> but we should always look to scripture and go, how does it apply to me? Not selfishly, uh, but I mean, I think there is a collective of, of believers. I, there's so many people that think, oh, God's promises is for me in my karate tournament. Like, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, especially when it comes to the serious issues of sin, mm. I don't look at somebody else. I look at me. The call of what Jesus is saying for us to do. I don't look at somebody else. Yeah. I need to look at me. How can I be selfless? And I think you you hit it out of the park. So this is what my friend said. And talking about doctrine, talking about we need to stand up for what's true. And th- I messaged him for a reason. He's a person that he says he grew up in church. I didn't meet him till college. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, I believe him. Um, he wasn't living his life as a Christian. I had no indication yeah. at all. There was no fruit that he was a Christ follower at all when I started working with him. And he he shared this on Facebook. Uh, oh, I think the day it happened the day that Roe versus Wade was overturned. He said, if your church is uh, praising the Supreme Court's decision, leave that church indefinitely. They are willfully ignorant of God's word and will perish in eternity.
1: Wow.
0: And I am i knew him well enough. It's been some years, but I knew him well enough that we could have a decent conversation about mm-hmm. it. And I go, no, I need to know what this reference <laughs> is. Because what, I- What I, does this mean? Well, I really want to know, where are you getting this? Mm-hmm. What verse do you think? I mean, I know it's going to be out of context if he names a verse, mm-hmm. but where, Like, what does the other side think in this thing? Mm. And when I say other side, I, I mean, obviously- I'm pro-life and so there's pro-choice. But but I mean, more specifically, Christians or so-called Christians that think the Bible approves of it. Because mm. what I ended up telling them was, okay, if we want to agree to disagree that the Bible doesn't talk about it at all, because of course it doesn't use the word abortion, mm. we could, I guess, agree to disagree. I'll be passionate that it's pro-life and you'll be, you won't. We, we need a specific <laughs> statement somewhere in the Bible to say that God is pro-choice. And I I want you to defend that position because you posted about it.
1: What did he say?
0: I said, I'm curious what the reference is on that part. Willfully ignorant of God's word and will perish in eternity. And he says, that's a great question as I copy this from another person. So it really could be openly interpreted. If I'm taking a stab at it, it would be the whole passing judgment on people or throw the first stone if you're without sin. And... That to me, I was like, well, yep, yeah, that makes sense. He didn't even think about it. It sounded good. It's what it fits the agenda. He didn't even think about it without copying it and post and just reposting it. Mm-hmm. And it it is that culture that we live in. Don't be mean to me. Bible says you can't be mean to me. <laughs> no. No, the Bible does say we shouldn't piously judge or look down upon. Mm-hmm. Don't throw the first stone of uh, if you Don't look at somebody like I'm sinless. How could you do this? No, I would never sit here and in this issue talk to talk to a man or a woman that has been involved in an abortion and go, how could you? No, I'll be honest with you, we'll probably have a really down to earth conversation about how I've messed. Let me tell you about all the stuff I've done. Yeah, and that's where I would hopefully go. But the Bible doesn't say not to call out wrong things. We live in a culture that says, how can you judge? It's not your right to judge. The Bible says don't judge. And you go, okay, all right. Let's no, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let, let let's let's actually let's let's put this into practice. Okay. Hey, Mr. Pedophile. Hey, Mr. Murderer. Ah, you guys get to do whatever you want to do because I can't say it's wrong. That's and yet hmm. that's the culture yeah. that we're living in. And when you take it to that extreme, they go, well, not that. Well, not anything. Well, <laughs> not that yet. Yeah,
1: because a lot of lines keep getting crossed. You keep going further and further and further away. We're,
0: as a culturally, we're more and more okay with yes, with more in
1: the Old Testament's words coming back to haunt us. Everybody did that, which was right in yeah. their own eyes. So, who has established rule over us? Um. I, I'm praying that, you know, I, God has rule in my life because I've said yes to Jesus. And so if I'm submitting to his rule and authority, then I have to align myself with, with what scripture tells me, all of scripture. Sure. Not selected segments pulled from, from scripture to somehow support a belief system that I feel comfortable with. Yeah, No, it's about I'm in because God said, and there are times where I do struggle with when God speaks and he asks for me to fall in line with what he asks me to do. Mm -hmm. I hope it gets to the place where there will be no more struggle. It'll be like, you know what, God, and if people call me a, a sheep, great Mm -hmm. because I'm following the King of Kings. I'm following somebody who actually he, he says he's the truth. He's the way he's the life. He has not misled me until now. So I'm, we're good to go and it feels like the more i watch outside opinions the more i realize there is no there's no boundary for them well there can't be but there should be because our children need boundaries we would spare them from going across a busy intersection mm-hmm. And they need that boundary in place. And that's important. It's not because we have a God that rules from above with a magnifying glass and uses it to burn us like ants, mm-hmm. which is so many people's unfortunate thoughts. about. And, you know, honestly, that's been helped along by ugly religion. Sure. By people who have preached behind pulpits, who wore a mask of righteousness and never should have been there in the first place. Yeah. Uh, God loves his people and died for his people. That is our God. And he asks us to follow suit. And, you know, you can uh, feel free anytime to visit any of our earlier podcasts, but the ones that we've done about Easter, going into detail about the ways that he's served us. Mm-hmm. And then daily puts up with my stuff every day. Like I was just constantly sure leaning on God, which is good and it's biblical, not my own understanding. Um but it's so important that I keep going back to center with Jesus, not going back to your center,
0: mm-hmm.
1: somebody else's truth. Right. I want to hear your story. I want to be as sympathetic as I can. I want to listen. I want to get into your pain with you and sit with you so that you know I am hearing you. Yeah. You have an unwanted pregnancy right now. You must be terrified. What's going on? How did this happen? Was it with a willing partner? was it with somebody that pushed this on you? I want to be here with you cuz you're scared. Yeah. And as a woman, I can sympathize with you in that. I I I can't imagine what that must feel like. When my husband and I decided we were finally ready for children, I was still sure terrified. The the moment he drove me to the hospital and I am now going to have this baby. I'm still asking Sammy, my husband, what if my child doesn't love me?
0: Yeah. Uh, and, and, you, and then when you get home from the hospital and you're like, oh, oh I gosh. don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, the, right.
1: car, the car seat has a manual, but I don't for
0: right. you, yeah, yeah. for the
1: baby. But um, I, I want to make sure that we're being very clear. If you're in the midst of that, I have so much sympathy and I hope that you are going to sources, to churches that are, are coming alongside you, not condemning, Not saying, and here's the difference between the judgment I think most people are calling folks out on, like your Uh friend on Facebook. Right, yeah. He's talking about condemnation. Sure. Which is God's job. That's the judgment he's talking about. But Jesus does not say that we are not allowed to make judgment decisions. Right. Judgment calls. No, he is actually, he is the one who authors what is right and what is wrong. And we are to align ourselves with that. And so it's, it's important that, it's important that all of this is shared in balance and in in the light of love and truth, and also being available, yeah, in a way that people will know that i'm listening
0: well and and uh, we have a morning show producer on our radio show, Raina is her name, and she's about to share her story before we get to that because that's exactly what you're in line with. her story Christians could have done a better job in a certain department. Mm-hmm. But what I do want to mention, and I love, man, I tried to find the tweet again. I could not find it, but it's going around and it says, and this is when I said, take a sigh, just take a a breath, take a moment, be slow to speak. And if you're intimidated by this conversation, Mm -hmm. because often people say, well, Christians are only pro birth, but they don't care about the children after that. Mm -hmm. Look how many kids are in foster care. Look how many kids are up for adoption. And it just was kind of like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Wait, no, Christians care. Hold on. It was this tweet that said, don't believe the lie that Christians are only pro birth. Mm. Christians have started virtually every pregnancy resource center in the world. Mm. Like 90 to 99% of them were started because of Christians. You have uh, uh, organizations that we've even got to work with like compassion international child sponsorships, sponsorship programs that are Christian based. You have churches that feed hungry communities that are passionate about it. The tweet said, every church I've ever gone to was pro-adoption and helping with foster care. Mm. Just because there is a problem. And to be honest with you, in a logical sense, the foster care situation is not this conversation anyway. There is a lot of people waiting to adopt. The foster care, most of that situation is parents that did want kids, but then lose them because of mistakes. Mm -hmm. So that get that out of your mind, honestly, and in Mm -hmm. a lot of ways. And so you take a sigh of relief and you go, okay, no, I'm not going to buy into the narrative and be intimidated that I have to accept your proposal that Christians are only pro-birth. That's not true. Mm -hmm. Now, that doesn't mean I should let other people do it lay down your life, you know, for one's friend we talked about that. So how can I help with any of these categories, child sponsorships or whatever it may be. But like you mentioned, what Christians may be the the church history hasn't done a good job of is in just being there, Mm -hmm. not in a tangible sense, but in what to say and how to handle it in a, in a sense of community and a sense of friendship this is Raina's story.
2: So I was a teenager when I got pregnant. I was 17 years old. I was scared, as you can imagine. And I was given the option to have an abortion. But it really wasn't something that I considered. I was in church and I knew that the choices I had made that got me pregnant you know was me living in sin and was bad. But I was very disheartened by how, a lot of my church friends treated me. Maybe it was some inner shame that I was already feeling. Um, And I just felt a little shunned, I guess you can say. I remember inviting all my church friends to my baby shower. And I'll never forget the way that I felt when not one of them, not one of them showed up. And now in light of everything that has happened, I think to myself, the irony is That if I would have kept quiet that I was living in sin and quiet had an abortion, I could have kept all my church friends. Mm.
0: Socially is what we can do a better job with, I feel overall. I think the tangible needs are being met in a lot of ways, could be more. Mm. But I think not knowing what to say and it being an awkward situation. And, you know, what I wish her friends, I wish a lot of people would remember the baby is not the mistake. Mm -hmm. Sexual things
1: happened. You're not condoning the sin when you attend a shower or when you support a person. Exactly. that's, That's an unwed mother or it finding themselves in circumstances that are not quote ideal.
0: You would go to somebody's intervention. Yeah. You would give somebody a ride to a rehab facility. Yeah. You're not condoning the mistake you are simply supporting them in a time of need. Mm. And that, that does sadden me.
1: We do find ourselves making the same mistakes that I think, um, (laughs) you know, we hear the story of Mary and clearly she, she was impregnated by God's spirit. That's that child was holy, Mm -hmm. but she was an unwed mother and the community. um, Well, they had the, the right, the option they thought she was being promiscuous. Take care of business outside the city gates. Mm. Take her out. Yeah. And Joseph covered her in grace and and chose to marry her anyway because well, Gabriel visited him and said, "Yep, right. That ain't no normal human baby,
0: right? Yeah. <laughs>
1: That's the Messiah right there. But I don't want to be. I don't want to be that heartless. And I, I remember a young woman in our church who, uh, she and her, well, unfortunately they've since gotten divorced, but um. Yeah, they they did get married because they got pregnant. And it was a hush-hush kind of thing. And I don't think it was a malicious, in their circumstance, a malicious hush-hush type of thing. I think people were just trying to be weirdly respectful. I don't know if that makes sense. It's mm-hmm. like, we know that they messed up. Nobody's going to really talk about it. Sure. We're just going to kind of... Uh-huh. And, of course, they they, co- they chose to keep the child. Yeah, It was ingrained in her from, from her youth. Abortion is not an option. I'm proud of her, the bravery, the transparency to go along with that. It's it's amazing um, that she believed when she was a young person and she continued through her beliefs and her daughter is just gorgeous, looks just like her and is now married herself. And um, it's, it's so important to recognize that these are people yeah. And if we looked at them uh, next to us on a subway or in a bus or on a plane, I'm nicer to strangers than people consider being kind to something that is, is human and is composed of their own DNA. And is not just a it's something, it's a someone and mm-hmm. it's, um, and I, I just want to share this quick story. uh, Carter and I do a radio show together, but um, before that, uh, the radio station I was working at received a phone call and the woman asked about a certain DJ that had been there years prior to me working there and she said, I just wanted to call her and say thank you. It was over a decade before that I called her on my way to an abortion clinic and she was so compassionate with me and prayed with me. I decided not to have an abortion and I I have my teenage daughter sitting with me right now. Mm. And you could tell that she was so proud of the decision she had made. yeah. So grateful for the life of her daughter. And if you're listening to this right now and you're considering an abortion and you think, well, that was her story. That's not going to be mine. Don't presume to know what God has planned for your life.
0: Hmm.
1: Don't presume. God loves you since the beginning of time. Psalm 139, one of our favorite passages has known you, knit you together in your mother's body and is knitting that little one together in yours.
0: I I love that story for many reasons. One is um, that Amanda, the DJ, was obviously compassionate. That's the word that the mom used, but she obviously shared truth as well. Yes. And I love how excited the mom is about life. And I love that there was that compassion E- clearly even in the midst of that decision because she was on the way to the clinic. Mm. And so we can all be compassionate regardless of the choice. Um, but also what we want you to know is, yes, there is an option. There is life. There's so many adoption agencies and pregnancy resource centers. And that's what a lot of people, you see some of those people picketing uh, in front of a, a, a Planned Parenthood. Some of them I've you know seen online, they're simply... Letting women know that there's another option. And they say there's been countless lives saved because they didn't even know there was a pregnancy resource center down the street. Mm. And so know that there are options and know this, even if you've made that choice already and whether or not you don't think about it anymore or whether or not you struggle with it every day and regret. There is forgiveness and there is hope yes. of being reunited, quite frankly.
1: Yes, yes, yes.
0: And Lecrae is a hip-hop artist that we play on another one of our, our brands, uh, Engine Radio that you can find online. Is also, you can find a video of him talking about life at hopeondemand.com. And he vulnerably shared a song about eight years ago called Good, Bad, Ugly. And he reveals in this song that he got a woman pregnant in his uh, early 20s and uh, late teens maybe. And they both didn't know what to do and they got an abortion and here here here's a portion of that part of the song I remember life the started inside ignored the one suppress that truth I felt inside I was just having fun with this I'm too drunk for this something in me myself and I should I sacrifice this like to keep my vanity and live nice and she love and trust me so much that whatever I say should probably go goblige but I was too selfish with my time okay my sad. dreams were not gonna survive so I dropped off that clinic that day part of us died Man. scared about my dreams suppress the truth um, and yet he goes on and he shares about where he's at with God now. And I love this part of the song. It's are like I got promiscuous and only God can help me get free. But I've been forgiven my savior risen. I'm out of prison. I know that. know that. I got the power
2: to say no to all of my struggles. gotta control that. Yeah, every time we slip and we
0: fall. gotta get back up and fight on. We cannot define by our past, the future look bright. I see the light on. see the light on. I see the light mm. That's that's for you today.
1: Yeah. Please, if you have a question or you'd like to to talk? Um, We shared our email address at the beginning. Uh, Anything at...
0: Hopeondemand.com.
1: Okay, I'm going to have to keep... We just got this email address. (laughs) Anything at hopeondemand.com.